passages that we're going to read and hear this morning. And the first comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. The words of Jesus, very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. A second reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. May God bless to our understanding the reading of this, His holy word. Amen. Jesus, who is the Good Shepherd, said that His sheep, those who believe in Him, those who belong to Him, hear His voice. The sheep of the Good Shepherd hear His voice. And when His sheep hears His voice, He leads them. And they follow Him because they know His voice. Discovering God's will for us requires hearing the Good Shepherd. Hearing His voice. But how do we do that? How do I listen for Jesus? And when I hear something I think might be Jesus, how do I know it's Him? During my years uh, living, during our years living in Idaho, I spent time coaching girls basketball in junior high and high school. And uh, inevitably, during games, uh, we'd be playing, and the parents would be yelling from the stands at their daughters what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And... Uh, Many of you know what I'm talking about because you go to your kids' basketball, soccer, or baseball games, and you do the same thing, don't you? So I had to tell my players, you've got to block out the voices of mom and dad and grandpa and grandma during the games. Listen only to my voice. I'm the coach. I've practiced you. I have prepared you. 
I know what you're supposed to do. And if you listen and do everything your parents tell you, we're going to have chaos because they're going to be doing 85 different things. And it was very stressful for the girls anyway when they would hear the voices of the parents shouting at them all over the gymnasium. If they were following one voice, we'd all be on the same page. We'd be okay. How do we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? Amidst all the other voices that are coming at us, that are calling for our attention and telling us what to do. Well, the first thing is to make sure that we are indeed one of the sheep. The first thing is that we are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have heard his call and him calling us, that we've responded with the trusting of our whole lives with him, that we've come to him by faith, because we can't hear from someone we don't know and with whom we don't have a relationship. But once that happens, the most obvious way that a Christian seeks the will of God for his or her life, as we have been saying in these sermons, is prayer. And Paul prays for the Christians in Colossae that God would fill them with the knowledge of his will by giving them spiritual wisdom and understanding. What a great prayer to hold on to for someone or even for ourselves when we are praying for God's will. And notice that Paul prays that knowing God's will would not be the end of it, but it would lead to living lives that are worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him in every way, lives that bear fruit in every good work, that he prays that they would be growing in the knowledge of God, and that as they know the will of God, they would be strengthened for endurance and patience with joy, and that they would give thanks. Knowing God's will is more than just getting something we want. Knowing God's will, the bottom line is living stronger and richer lives for the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever we do, in all that we do. Walter Wangerin is a writer. He's a, a Christian in the Lutheran tradition. He wrote a book called Whole Prayer, W-H-O-L-E, Whole Prayer. Walter Wangerin says when we pray, there are kind of four movements, four stages. First, we speak. We pray to God. The second stage is that God listens. In the third movement of prayer, he says, God speaks to us, answers. The fourth movement is that we listen to what God has said back to us. It's this last part of prayer that we often miss. Our ears and our hearts aren't always open to the Lord speaking to us. In Psalm 81, God pleads with Israel, and he says, If you would but listen to me, O Israel, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would but listen to me. And the psalm goes on to speak of the ways that God would work for them and the blessings that he has for them to feed them with the finest of the wheat, to give them honey from the rock. Our Father knows what we need. And he knows our wants, but he knows our needs. 
And he wants to lead us in the best ways. Our stubbornness, our busyness, sometimes just our apathy can keep us from listening to him, that fourth final stage in prayer. Good listening is like listening, tuning into a radio station. And you can't listen to two radio stations at one time, at least very well. Listening always involves a choice of where I place my attention. What I'm going to listen to is a choice of where I'm going to place my attention. I cannot listen to my wife very well if I'm also watching the ball game and on Facebook. In the same way, it's impossible to listen to the Lord if our lives are so packed that we really can't give Him our attention or our attention is divided by many, many other things. And when we listen to the Lord, it isn't so much that we're listening to the voice from God, the voice from the Lord, as much as we are listening to for the voice of the Lord. We're not listening to the voice from the Lord. We're listening to the voice of the Lord. Here's the difference. If I'm listening with a voice from the Lord, and I think a voice is going to drop out of the heavens, come out of the clouds to me, I'm going to be waiting for a long time, I think. But listening for the voice of the Lord can happen in a lot of different ways. And I want to go over some of the primary ways that the voice of the Lord comes to us. And then I want to go through some very less common ways, some not very primary ways, but still ways that it can happen. Here are some common ways that the voice of the Lord comes to us. And perhaps the most obvious way we hear the voice of the Lord is through the Bible, God's Word to us. To again quote uh, Walter Wangerin, he has called the Bible the final and true dictionary by which we can accurately interpret God's speaking to us. I never thought of that. The Bible is, is God's dictionary, His language. Uh, the more we read, the more we get familiar with the words of Scripture, the more we'll know how God speaks. We'll know the language that He uses. Read cookbooks and you begin to learn the language of cooking, and it begins to make sense to you, and you pick up on it. Read books on accounting, and you begin to learn that world and that language, and it all makes sense to you. We read the Bible, and the language of God, the ways of God, begin to come to us. We become sensitized toward God. Sometimes it comes as clear as a practical principle of direction right there. Sometimes it comes in a story, how we see God has dealt with somebody and the way he moves and the way he acts. Sometimes it will come in just the spirit or the tone of a verse or a passage. Now, God may not drop a verse right before our eyes that gives us exact direction, although sometimes it graciously seems to happen once in a while. But through the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who inspired the writing of the scriptures, that same Holy Spirit will help us hear the voice of God, the voice of the Lord. Stay in the word and you will hear God addressing you. You will. The second way we hear the voice of the Lord is through the voices of others. It might be a pastor, a teacher, a friend brother or sister in the Lord, someone who will help you discern God's voice. 
the missionary and the, the writer, Elizabeth Elliot, she gives good counsel when she says that we should look for people, we should look for people in our lives who love God and who have some experience in finding His will. She says these people will often, not always, but often be older than us. They have seen things we haven't seen. They have been over roads we have never traveled, and they have a perspective that we don't have. There is a great value in filing in finding Holy Spirit-led, spiritually mature people who are sensitive to God. You find them in churches. You find them in Bible studies. You find them in prayer groups. Find them and hold on to them and ask them to help you as you seek the Lord's direction as you pray for. Help them to listen with you. It'll be invaluable. Third, we may hear the voice of the Lord through common sense. He might speak through what we call our natural mind. He gives us intelligence. He gives us brains. He wants wants us to use them. Some things don't need supernatural intervention. Now, I went into this last week, but it's a matter of sometimes coming down, weighing the pros and the cons and discerning all the practical matters that are involved and then coming to a sound decision. Yes, the Lord can speak that way. The voice of the Lord may come through worship. I have known people by sitting right here have seen and heard the direction of the Lord in their lives for something. They have heard something maybe in a sermon or something that was prayed or something that was said or they just sensed They were just sitting there, and they just sensed the Lord's nudging as they sat in the sanctuary. And it should be no surprise. The Lord's sanctuary, worship, is a wonderful environment, an atmosphere, every week prepared and set up for us to be in contact with the Lord. How serious? Now, how serious can anyone be about relationship with the Good Shepherd if he or she is able but doesn't care to come to worship. If we can't offer an hour or two a week on Sunday mornings to the Good Shepherd, can we really expect Him to speak to us and us to hear Him in any way? Worship helps us listen to the Lord. We hear the voice of the Lord through our motivations. Something appeals to us. It catches our attention. That could be God moving us in a direction What are you good at? What sparks your fire? What gives you joy? What uh, what do you feel you have gifts for? What do you burden to do? What do you love? Those are things God will use to speak to us about maybe where he's calling us, where we might serve. The, The movie is old now. It was when I was young. It was a brand new movie. But now Chariots of Fire is an old movie, right? But do you remember, if, if you saw that movie, you should, Eric Little, the Olympic runner, track star, medal winner, who later became a missionary in China, he's explaining to his sister why he's still training and competing instead of her desire to go into the mission field and spread the gospel. And he tells her, he says, because when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Where do you feel God's pleasure? It might be you're hardwired for that very thing. You hear the voice of the Lord through circumstances. 
Certain doors open, other doors close. Someone invites you to do youth ministry, could be an open door. You are interested in that job, but you weren't invited back for a second interview. Now, circumstances don't define everything, but we need to pay attention to them. The Lord speaks through them. We hear the voice of the Lord through life experience. Events in our lives can push us toward um, a calling or a direction. Maybe a family member was badly injured and you saw the way that family member was cared for and rehabbed. And so you go into physical therapy because you feel a calling in your life to help other people who go through that. Or maybe a, a, a short mission trip opened your eyes or heart to involvement or support in mission work somehow. Or um, experience of grief in your own life has sensitized you towards others who are going through loss and grief. And so you give yourself to help them. Life experiences can sometimes be God's way of speaking to us. The voice of the Lord may come through fasting. Fasting. Going without food for a period of a day or a day or a longer period of time is a way of fortifying our praying. Fasting really goes with prayer. Fasting is a way of focusing our minds and our hearts solely on the Lord and seeking Him. It's a way of taking special effort to dedicate ourselves to Him. It's a powerful accompaniment to praying. Fasting can clear away the excess and all the junk that can often um, be inside of our lives and makes us, it, it makes us single-hearted in our quest to listen for the Lord. Many times fasting will bring clarity. The Lord honors our dedication. He brings light to our path. Now, these are tried and true and, I think, common ways where the voice of the Lord will come to us. Here are some less common ways that the Lord might speak through these two. We may hear the voice of the Lord through a direct word from someone with the appropriate gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, For to one person is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. There are people who God gives supernatural insight into you, into a situation, uh, into your life. Some people are just given by God a deep spiritual eye and ear. It's nothing they do of their own. God has given them a gift. Now, be careful, as these things can be easily abused. These gifts must always be accompanied by love, by humility, and by grace. Never power, never manipulation. And those who truly have these gifts are usually not talking about them. They're not broadcasting, going around, I have this gift of wisdom. I have this gift of wisdom. I have this gift of wisdom. As a matter of fact, I have a proverb that I kind of live by in all of life with a lot of people. If you have to keep talking about it, you probably aren't. And that goes for a lot of things. But the Lord may speak a direct word through someone in the body of Christ with the appointed gifts of the Spirit that reveals His will to you. Be discerning. Be open. 
Second, we hear the voice of the Lord through fleeces. What's a fleece? comes from a story in the Old Testament. Gideon, the leader of the armies of Israel in the book of Judges, where Gideon wanted to know if the Lord would give Israel's armies victory in a certain battle. And so he put out a wool fleece overnight and told the Lord, now if this fleece is wet in the morning, that's your sign to me that we're going to win. And it was wet the next morning. Gideon said, well, maybe this was just a coincidence. So he did it again. He did a second night. He said, okay, this time, Lord, the fleece has got to be dry in the morning. And then I'll know you're going to go out with our armies and we're going to win. Second morning, it was dry. He put out a fleece. I know people who ask, I have known people who have asked the Lord for a sign uh, to confirm that they are to take away. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But I would be very cautious about it. We have to be very careful about preconceived notions and expectations that we sometimes bring to a decision. We can be very selective in what we want to hear and what we want to see. Be careful about fleeces. There are many, I would say, more stable ways of discovering God's will. Three, we can hear the voice of the Lord through dreams. Joseph in the Old Testament and Joseph in the New Testament. Both were directed and received things from the Lord through dreams. And we might say, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Just God, come to me in a dream and tell me what I'm supposed to do. Show me the way. Now, be careful. Remember that both Josephs, if you read their stories, also went through tremendous conflict, tremendous pressure and uncertainty in coming to where the Lord wanted them. Discovering God's path was very tough for them. So don't think that hearing from the Lord in a dream is going to be all cake and candy. It's not a primary way, but for some people, the Lord may reveal something through a dream. We may hear the voice of the Lord through an angel. You know, the word angel means messenger, and God has his heavenly creatures, angels, who do his bidding. Now, if you read in the Bible, every time an angel shows up, the Lord or the angel also has to say, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And I think the reason God doesn't send a lot of angels is because he doesn't want to keep us in fear and scare the heck out of us all the time. But I can't put it past God to possibly send an angel. Not very common, but not impossible. These are the ways I think we can listen for the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Good Shepherd and for His will in our lives. Now, through whatever channel you hear the Lord speaking to you, I would, I would make it almost a rule. In fact, I'm going to make it a rule. That you check whatever you think you are hearing from the Lord with someone else of spiritual maturity, of trusted spiritual wisdom, and ask them if they think that's the Lord too. Never just do it on your own. I can't always trust myself, I find. I'm a mixed bag of motivations and emotions. I may not be hearing clearly. Seek the counsel of others. And whatever tools, channels, you use to discover God's will, whatever we sense we're hearing, whatever we perceive that we think we should do, it will always, always, Always be in character with Jesus. 
it will always be in character with the good shepherd. When you look down a possible path, ask yourself, now does that look like Jesus? Ask yourself, now does that sound like Jesus? It should. We will never be asked to do what is not in line with God. We will never be led to be unloving. We will never be led to be unforgiving. We will never be led by the good shepherd to be selfish or greedy. We will never be led to despair or bitterness. Never. Whatever path is revealed to us or we think God is calling us to, it will match up with who Jesus is and what Jesus, our good shepherd, is all about. Which is why, if we are going to discover God's will, we will need to have a strong acquaintance with him, to know his voice, to understand his ways. However the guidance comes, make sure it is in line with Jesus, because that is probably the biggest way that we know when we're seeking God's will that we are hearing the shepherd's voice. It is in line with Jesus. If it sounds like Jesus, we can be sure it's him, because as someone said, God doesn't make crank calls. Let's pray. And let me leave some silence for our ears and for our hearts to tune to our good shepherd. Good shepherd, for those who are here this morning, who are in a place where they desperately need your guidance, would you open every part of their being to you? Thank you that you are a shepherd and that you are good. Thank you that you are willing and that you do guide us. Lead us where we cannot see. Give us faith to trust you where we aren't sure. And help us always to live in the security and the certainty of your love. We are your sheep. Keep us listening and holding on to you. Amen.